Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy, and who knows, God knows what else. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Today is, oh, wait, say it with me. Today is Friday. Thank you, Leo Kennedy. Uh, January 28th and if you are on video and you can see on the widescreen I think when I put it on Instagram it goes to the cropped screen but if you can see on widescreen you can see out my window that it's a very snowy landscape this morning not deep snow it would have been and not a very wet snow but snow nevertheless um, any moisture is good moisture. It's funny because on um, Tuesday night we were forecast to get two to three inches of snow and we got barely anything you know just like a little skiff less than this and then last night they'd said little to no accumulation and of course at eight o'clock seven o'clock I look outside and it was just blizzarding away and uh, yeah far more accumulation. forecasting what what can you do you know people are always trying to predict stuff right and and the people who make a living off of predicting stuff or make money off of predicting stuff um, assume a certain mean of confidence right because they want to be able to confidently predict stuff um, and convince other people that they know what they're talking about. But do they though? <laughs> Not always. Um, maybe it's one of those things that people believe that if they repeat their opinion uh, frequently and loudly and confidently enough that then they will persuade other people of the correctness. I paused there because it occurred to me to look something up and then I had to open Excel to look it up and <laughs> forgot what it was. Alas. I wonder if that works like the, the mental doorway thing. Did you guys know I think this is very interesting and I think I mentioned it on here a long time ago but that <clears throat> we have a, a mental reset. Um, because we're accumulating data in our brains all the time right barrage of information and and our brains select for what's important what do we need to be paying attention to um, it's you know our brains are really a, a fine-tuned filtering mechanism um, picking out signal from noise what what's important to pay attention to so one of the they've determined through neurophysiological experiments that when people pass through a doorway that the brain clears a lot of the garbage from being in the previous space to make room for paying attention to the new space and this is why we forget things when we move from one room to another uh, you know and people always want to blame age you know you go into the next room you know go to the kitchen you forget what you came there for. So unless you're really concentrating on the thing you want to get as you pass through the doorway 
uh, you're you're very likely to that's likely to get swept away and cleared, you know, for all that interesting information in the kitchen. So I wonder if by changing windows on the computer, if it does something of the same thing, very well might. So anyway, um, I was talking about people very confidently proclaiming their opinion. And I think what's important to remember is that uh, just because people say things very confidently and by people, um, it's largely men. I'm not always men, but a lot of times it's men. There's this one guy that um, it's like trying to make a career and a brand of saying things with tremendous confidence. I mean, he makes these declarative statements and when people argue with him, he, you know, argues back powerfully, uh, you know, and he says things like, I just saw him saying this the other day, you know, kind of the, everybody knows that anyone who is making any money writing is making it off of KU. And you know what? And I've run the experiment three separate times now, and I make three times as much money selling books on Amazon, as opposed to having them, having page reads in KU. I believe that some people make all their money in KU. I know people who do, but it's, it's not hard and fast. It's not this one true rule that people want to, some people want to make it be. Uh, yeah. So um, I got 3000 words again yesterday. I'm just feeling so much better uh, about the writing, just getting that flow. I got done fairly early yesterday. Um, maybe that's what I was going to look at uh, because I was opening up my progress count. I've already had the best week word count wise that I've had since last August. So that tells us something, doesn't it? Um, sometimes getting this stuff turned around just makes a big difference, doesn't it? Uh, you know, it's like, you've just got to reverse that trend. So I'm a little shy of 74,000 words on great magic. I am hopeful of getting, oh, I was going to look up what time I finished yesterday. I was done by 1215 yesterday, 1211. And again, got my words in two hours, two and a half hours. So that's my sweet spot. That's my ideal. And I'm reminded that, you know, I used to try to go for more word count every day and I'd scaled it back to 3000 words. And for a while there, it was just feeling impossible to get 3000 words. I wasn't getting 2000 words a day. And, you know, and, and we have to put this all in perspective. This is me. That's my process. This is, that's my sustainable creative output. Some people have more, some people have less. Um, find out what your process is and own it, right? Um, but, you know, why did that change? Why did that um, perspective alter where it just felt like such a slug, so much work to get 3,000 words a day? Um, I, I think it's that training. I think it's building that habit and what I am expecting from myself because it's very tempting at this point to think, well, if I could get 3000 words in two and a half hours of writing, you know, what if I had another hour, but I'm not going to do that because I know that if I go over the 3000 words that I will probably crash. And I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday who's been 
um, you know, a really wonderful writer, professional writer, award-winning. And she was, um, she's had a hard few months. I mean, the pandemic has been difficult, but then she, she lost a very close friend. Um, she changed jobs. You know, she's, I told her we were chatting yesterday and I said, you know, like getting a new job alone is a major life stressor. Losing someone close to you is a major life stressor. And you like have piled four things on plus pandemic. <laughs> and she said, it's true. Uh, but she was complaining that she feels like she's having a hard time writing, um, really been struggling to write um, and worried that like her creative creativity is nuked. And I said, and I said, well, if you want advice, cause you know, not everybody does. I said, if you want advice, try this, try writing a little bit at a time and you know, whatever works for you, word count or amount of time and write that much and then be done, walk away from it. Um, I really do believe there's something to be said for walking away at the time that you set at the goal that you set. Um, even if you feel like you can keep going, even if the senior writing is flowing and it's hot, I mean, especially if it's flowing and it's hot, I think that's a really good time to stop because it's that much easier to pick it up the next day. Um, but she said that that was really good advice and that she appreciated it. So we'll see if that works for her. Um, let's see what else. Thank you all for the, uh, the anniversary wishes yesterday. We went out and, had a drink. That was very pleasant. Um, we don't get to do that all that often because it's, it's hard for David to be in restaurants, but we went up and he had a, a his favorite draft Stella Artois and I had a vodka martini. So that was, um, may seem like small things, but that's an unusual excursion for us at uh, one of our favorite nearby restaurants. And then we just got dinner there, uh, takeout and brought it home and watched a couple of, we finished a movie we hadn't finished the night before, which was kind of meh. It was all right. It was funny. But then we watched a movie called Opening Night, which I had never heard of before. It was a 2016 movie and had Topher Grace and Anne Hesh and, um, oh, what's her name? Hang on. Lauren Lapkus, who um, was in The Wrong Mindy, The Wrong Missy. Wrong Missy, sorry. Uh, which David really loves that movie. I think it's funny. He thinks it's hysterical. Uh, so we have seen it more than once. So apparently it's a remake of a 1977 movie with Gina Rollins. Um, I'm assuming it's a remake of that. Anyway, it was, um, it was delightful. It was, um, it, and, and interesting in a way. So Topher Grace is like a failed Broadway star who's now the production manager on a show. And it's, um, the show is about one hit wonders. And, and it seems to be a really cheesy show. It makes for a compelling soundtrack because all of the songs on it are songs that are one hit wonders. Um, so, you know, and, and we know all of them. So that, that's kind of awesome. And some of them were newer one hit wonders too. So I, I enjoyed that about it. Uh, they, they riff 
on the whole idea of how realistic is it for people to just break into song and like some of the actors torment Topher Grace, who sometimes takes things way too seriously by breaking into song and dance numbers. And, but what really was interesting is that given this whole, like some of it was very over the top comedically, um, there was a lot of irreverence to it. But, and then of course this show that they're putting on is just incredibly cheesy with like, you know, this guy who is the other guy from NSYNC, um, JC Chavez. They said, I, I'm, I didn't know that's how it pronounced it. I don't know if they do that just for the show or what, but it really is him. Um, you know, and, and there are, uh, some interesting pokes at Justin Timberlake. <laughs> but so the, the other guy, JC, uh, from NSYNC is the star of the show. And, and he's sort of going on this personal journey of being, um, you know, that he's a one hit wonder and, and it's kind of a dorky show, except that there's this line in it and it gets repeated a few times in the movie where people say, you know, you're only a one hit wonder until your next hit. And, and, and there's this theme of, of failure, of, of creative failure in the show. Um, because of course that's Topher Grace's arc that he was apparently in some show that like closed on opening night and it was like his, his one shot and, and he failed. And now he's, you know, being the production guy and it was really food for thought and, and David commented on it too, you know, that we do focus on these one hit wonders because there's a certain amount of curiosity there, you know, like why did this one song hit and then nothing else? Um, there's a certain amount of schadenfreude, right? A certain amount of glee that at somebody else's failure, which I think is human nature that, oh yeah, you know, they thought they were so great that they got this hit song and then they did nothing with it. Uh, I think there's an element of that. You know, very interestingly, you know, because there's even those like documentaries, right? Um, was it there like a show on VH1 for a while or something? I know I've seen some of those where they talk about one hit wonders and like what happened to them. And a lot of one hit wonders aren't really failures at all it's not like they <laughs> well for example um one that comes up often is come on eileen by dexie's midnight runners right and they were are an irish band i believe i think that's correct and they um that was their big hit in the u.s but they had a lot of hits in the uk they you know, had this very robust career both before and after that song. So, so the one hit wonder is in the eye of the beholder, right? It's like, well, you know, it's what people think, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is just the thing that reached, you know, my level of perception. And because you dropped away out of my level of perception, doesn't mean that you cease to exist. And I think that's really important to think about with creativity. Um, when we are making art, when we are making a thing, you know, why, why do we create it? We 
you know, hopefully we create it because not because we're trying to make a minimum viable product. There are some people who do that, but we create it because, because it comes out of ourselves. Right. And whether or not it reaches the level of someone else's perception is, is debatable. You know, it's just, um, no, it's not debatable. What am I trying to say here? It's, it's beyond our control. Right. Um, and maybe this, what I'm saying is the significance of that is debatable. Uh, you know, what, what defines a hit, you know, certain numbers, sales, dollars, awards. Um, but then also art, especially books take, sometimes they take a long time to reach someone's level of perception, right? So here's this movie that was a 2016 movie that just reached my level of perception at, you know, six years later. Um, you know, we talk about sleepers, you know, things that take a long time to, to grow and permeate through a culture. Some stuff rises fast like a rocket and sinks again. Um, you know, I'm, I've been reading Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey, uh, which is the writing team of um, Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham, uh, New Mexico writers. And I'm, I'm very late to the party on this, right? But here it is, reaching my level of perception. Uh, the Expanse has been, uh, a, I don't know if it's, I mean, again, a hit show. It's, it's been a successful show. They, they got their full run of seasons on um, a streaming service here, near you. I don't know what it was on, but maybe I'll look. So you can watch it on Prime. It's an Amazon original. Amazon original. I don't know if it started out that way. So anyway, I've been reading Leviathan Wakes um, because my friend Jim Sorensen said that he thought I'd like it. I do like it in ways. I'll have to give my complete review later. Um, it is, I understand why it's been so popular, why it's such a popular book, but the first book, Leviathan Wakes, um, and it's a space opera, science fiction, space opera. Um, mom, you guys probably would not like the, the series. I mean, you could try it, but I suspect you would not like it. Um, but this book came out in 2011. Right. And it's now a nine book series. So I'm kind of what my next question for Jim will be like, do, am I going to read all nine books? <laughs> I love that. I ask my friends this, tell me, am I going to read all nine books? Will I be happy if I did this? It's, it's a considerable financial investment at this point too, because like the first book is $10 for Kindle orbit. Thank you. Why are you charging so much for Kindle books orbit? And then like the more recent books are $15. So I, I don't know, eight books at $15, meep. Um, I guess I could try getting them from the library, but then, yeah. Well, anyway, I won't involve you in my contortions on this. I buy books, you know, that's, that's my thing is that's part of my supporting writers and supporting the industry as I buy books. Uh, but it's not wrong to get books from the, the library. You're still supporting writers. I just like to believe in buying them anyway. Um, I must have had a point there about uh, Leviathan Wakes. Oh, just that it takes a while to to 
percolate right to reach a certain level where someone picks up a book and reads it you know and it's got like 12,000 Amazon reviews so a lot of people read it before me that elevated it to a point where it became a TV series the TV series started in 2015 so that first book was out for four years before the movie came out it's just an important point um I have a friend Lexi Ryan whose book these hollow vows was out for a while before it got like caught on in the TikTok crowd and they really pushed it and so she hit the bestseller list on this book I don't know like a couple three months after it released sometimes there's a book that hits a list like a year after it's released because that's the point at which it percolates into the bubble so so that was sort of um I don't know a long rambling take on the whole idea of the one hit wonder success and failure and I, and I think that's a really important mantra you know for all that's cheesy um, you're only a one hit wonder until your next hit right which is why it's important to keep you know the most important thing you can do is just keep making more art keep writing more books keep doing it um, don't just keep flogging the same book let it put it out there let it go do its thing um, then work on the next thing persistence uh, so let us carry that into the weekend with us I hope you all have a wonderful relaxing productive joyful weekend and I will talk to you all on Monday take care bye bye